Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is this? Could it be? Oh, yes, it is. It is a Friday live afternoon edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. I kind of like this. I kind of like it's got like a party kind of atmosphere to it. You know, the weekend's here. I got a few days off coming up here. That's mostly because I got to work overnights next weekend. But not, not let's not dwell on the negatives. The positives are here. Smackdown's tonight. Rampage is tonight. Wrestling is as hot as ever. Triple H reportedly has more surprises up his sleeve. Unexpected ones at that. SP3 and I will dive into that. Maybe play our favorite game show as well. Got updates on Bray Wyatt. Got an update on Jeff Hardy. Stokely Hathaway has got some heat, apparently, which doesn't make much sense. Sammy Guevara is taking a page out of Bray Wyatt's book and is tweeting very cryptically. And the black and gold brand might, 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 are they back? Is, 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 is NXT 2.0 dead and buried? We're going to talk about it all, baby. Oh, yeah, by the way, Dynamite was great this week. Hell of a main event. Hell of an opener. The finals are set for our championship match. What a show at Ar- Arthur Ashe, which you're going to be at next week, right, SP3? You're looking forward to that. That is correct. I'll be at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. So if you are a New York native, if you are coming from out of state to see the show, don't be shy. Say hi. I'm usually a a nice person. I try my best no matter what is going on. (laughs) Usually that that means that means don't 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 cross a certain line. (laughs) (laughs) That means just read the room. All right. Just read the room. Read the body language. You'll be a okay. Uh, What is going on? Queen and Safet and Frantic World and Sam, Rick and Sid. How are you guys doing today? Will you recap Smackdown and AEW Rampage later on tonight? Yes, we will both be there uh tonight on redacted no worries whatsoever maddie black what is going on yes happy friday appreciate everybody joining us here on the show we got a lot to dive into so first things first let me get this out the way gotta thank our friends over at bet online we would not be here right now without them talking about the professional world of wrestling that we love so much they're the fastest easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines Find reviews and news for every league, including the NFL. Bet the over on the Bengals this weekend. I'm promising a big bounce back. You can also bet on Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Go to Bet Online today or use your mobile device. You're on it right now anyway. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that is B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, SB3, this first 20 minutes or so is pretty much going to be the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, half hour here. A uh, lot of news coming out from Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, and all the fine folks over at the Wrestling Observer, including the fact that Triple H. He's got a, a little, he wears a lot of suits. He wears sleeves these days. Had a lot of surprises over the last few weeks since taking over, right? I'm sitting here trying to rack up all the people that he's brought back. Everybody from Braun Strowman to Johnny Gargano to Dakota Kai, his first pay-per-view back, EO Sky, right? 
I mean, the top dollar and the and the rest of uh, Hit Row. Maybe L.A. Knight is coming back. He had a little bit of a teaser on WWE uh, social media, right? Like everybody is like bringing all these returns. And then we get the, the the main talked about names that everybody wants to see come back. The Bray Wyatt's of the world, the Sasha Banks's of the world, the Naomi's, right? But Wrestling Observer is reporting that Triple H has more surprises coming. Yes, but there are people that are not currently being talked about which i find is interesting because it seems like every free agent under the sun has been talked about since triple h has 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 come back so this report greatly intrigues me and the thing that i love about this is we could get some tonight right like that that's these have been coming at any time, anywhere, any place. Doesn't matter if it's a major pay-per-view or a random Monday night or Friday night in September. These people have been showing up. So again, it's one of these things that comes out and you know in the Triple H era, anything could happen. It gets me juiced up and cranked up to watch Friday Night SmackDown tonight because who the hell knows who's going to show up or what the hell's going to happen. It definitely makes WWE appointment viewing, which is what all these TV partners and, you know, broadcast uh, companies want from WWE and professional wrestling in general. They want people to be at their television screens every Monday at 8 p.m., every Friday at 8 p.m., and all these surprises at such a frequent weight rate that we've been seeing from Triple H over the last couple of weeks. It makes Monday Night Raw making people want to watch it smackdown they need to put some work on i've been you know the number one supporter of the blue brand please give us some some returns triple h please give us some of those you're just giving us the carrion crosses and the braun Strowmans. could you give us something something a little bit more sweet a little bit more work ready a little bit more flips please give us something like that but i mean uh, he, dude it's the smackdown's like the carnivore hour triple h has given us the beef Right. And beef is great. I love beef. I eat it like five days a week. And I'm not wrong with, with sprinkling in a little bit of, uh, you know, a little variety. Right. Uh, but the SmackDown yeah. has been getting the big boys. The land of the Giants all of a sudden is over on Friday nights with Roman and Drew and Braun and Karen. I don't hate it, but I understand what you're saying. But I, I want to see, you know, more more spread out of the talent, basically, is what I'm saying. So whatever the unexpected surprises are, if they're not, you know, the, some of the people that we've discussed over the last couple of weeks and the reports have said from, you know, a Bronson Reed, uh, Braun Strowman was one of those people that was discussed in the last couple of weeks. He got re-signed. Johnny Gargano was constantly discussed over the last nine months before he re-signed. So they have picked up a lot of the, the major names. So it might be a name that we're not, we're not really thinking of someone that had maybe a passing report, maybe someone like a Rob Van Dam coming back into the fold, which is a nice little bit of nostalgia and yeah. so a veteran to put in there who can mix it up. And you could have maybe a two or three month feud with him and Ricochet. And that puts over Ricochet in the end. You know, it, it's all about what you do on the follow up, but they are doing a good job of highlighting Ricochet again. And that just seems like an interesting way to kind of have a legend come in and feud with someone that you want to make one of your new stars or your new prominent high flyer yeah uh queen saying smackdown needs more uh top women uh dj juke saying similar smackdown uh needs women raw needs tag teams and i think maybe that's that's some area that's kind of been you know overlooked in the fact that you know you always talk about single stars you don't really talk a whole lot about 
about tag teams. Now, going to uh, to Queen's comment here, SmackDown needs some top women. I, I do think that there is a, a bevy of talent there, and you know Triple H could do a better job of putting some stories in place for some of these women, even though Raquel Rodriguez just went through an entire women's tag team tournament with Aaliyah, right? Even though she went and won the damn belts, she still ain't cut a promo since like her second week on the show. Like you're doing a great job of like showcasing what a badass she is in the ring. And I definitely feel like she's, you know, got her feet underneath her and she is definitely more confident week in and week out when she's in the ring. We as a main main roster audience don't know who Raquel Rodriguez is. So it's hard for the audience to really kind of get invested. So I would like to see a little bit more story involvement with her. They were doing some good things with Lacey Evans. She gets taken off TV reportedly due to an injury comes back just to tap out to Ronda Rousey and, you know, with very little fanfare uh, last week. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot that they could be doing, but I understand what you're saying. There does seem to be a lack of established star power on SmackDown right now, especially with Charlotte. Sasha and Naomi gone, but I do believe that those three ladies will be back at some point. Charlotte is a slam dunk to be back at some point. And I think it does make sense for all three of them to go back on Friday night SmackDown because Monday night raw is overly loaded. That said SP three, let's play everybody's favorite game show. Reckless speculation. When you hear surprises, names that people aren't being talked about you mentioned rob van dam as another is there anybody else that that you can comb through that encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge that is your brain and go you know what i think this might be a person who shows up <laughs> i mean malachi black if i'm gonna do reckless <laughs> speculation uh alistair black coming back and being on wwe just feels like the type of fu type of maneuver that triple h would do to tony khan and aew like oh you won the wednesday, wednesday night raw all right so i'm gonna take back my my guy here you know yeah, he he's he's over whatever he was going through. Now he's he's totally fine. He's in a perfect place. He's in WWE, um, and yeah, it's probably you know you know Tennille Dashwood is another one uh, that that kind of fills that hole as far as like SmackDown. Even though she has been you know speculated due to you know leaving Impact Wrestling, but it hasn't been like on that type of like stage as far as like people talking about it big time. John Morrison is a is another one that can fill a hole especially on smackdown giving it more depth in the mid card division so yeah i think i think those are kind of the the people that i'm thinking of if we're thinking of not the bigger names that have been discussed like your bray wyatt's and such yeah uh i would think you know we did see you know just thinking back to the to the women's division right like we did see sarah logan for like a half second in that viking raiders funeral thing that they did uh, for the new day a while back, Liv Morgan has talked openly about wanting to, you know, have her back in there. I wouldn't be surprised if Sarah Logan was was added. I think that's a chance that to add to the tag team division. Like if, for instance, Liv Morgan does drop the women's championship, maybe Sarah Logan comes back and she's the one to pick her up, and you cannot now add whatever they would be. They wouldn't be the Riot Squad, right? But you know, you then you'd have still an established tag team, even though they haven't tagged for a while, 
you could instantly put them right back into the tag team division. So I think somebody like that might be a slam dunk. You mentioned John Morrison. Taya Valkyrie coming back as well with him might make a ton of sense. I know Tri- Triple H was the one who you know brought her into NXT in the first place, and then she kind of got the shaft when when he went away. So maybe you know he he brings her in. I know that uh, you know she's been doing uh, appearances elsewhere. Tegan Knox is a name. I think she's got some some travel issues though. Uh, how about like a tag team like out in the ether, like Authors of Pain, who haven't really done anything since their WWE release. They've been kind of like you know retired, but not retired. There's a lot of reports that that came out of them initially, and they kind of shot them all down. And it's been all quiet on the Western Front. Uh, Eddie James saying here, Santos Escobar to SmackDown. That's another thing, right? We're talking about all these names that are going to be coming in and surprises. I don't think Meltzer necessarily said that like they were going to be free agents that were going to be popping up. Legato Del Fantasma disappeared from NXT 2.0. I feel like it's been a month now, right? Like I feel like it's been a while and they haven't shown up on either. A few weeks. Yeah. So it's time is just, you know, flat for me. Like, right. Like it it, it could have been May just three days ago. So uh, it's hard for me to figure out where we are in this crazy world, but, I think, you know, Legato Del Fantasma showing up on on a SmackDown would make sense. But with the the increasing uh, number of factions that they have on SmackDown now, I almost feel like Legato needs to go on Raw because you got Imperium that's back, right? You've got the New Day that's that's still there. I know they're a tag team right now, but they're, they're a faction. I think Triple H will put them back together if and when Big E comes back. Um, you've got you know, maximum male models and uh, you got hit row that they're adding like all these factions over on SmackDown. So maybe Legato needs to go over on raw, which I wouldn't be mad at because Santos would uh, be there with Rey Mysterio and we could get that cooking up. Right. So I keep seeing a lot of people throwing out Aussie open SP three as coming over to, to WWE is something, is that something that would uh, intrigue you? I mean, I don't see how that's possible right now. They're the new Japan strong, uh, tag team champions uh i think they have like a per date deal with new japan pro wrestling i think it's wishful thinking i'm all for people (laughs) getting uh paydays especially talented people like uh you know mark davis and kyle fletcher they're definitely talented definitely one of the best tag teams in the world i put them in an article ranking the uh best tag teams in the world and they definitely made that list so i'm all for them getting a payday i would love to see them anywhere where they can they can be on a mainstream platform because they've kind of proven themselves with their appearances in all elite wrestling but uh, uh in <laughs> wwe i'm sorry like like there there's not the plethora of tag teams i would much rather if i'm gonna if they're gonna sign to a mainstream platform mainstream company i would definitely more love to see them in all elite wrestling we've already seen it it it, it does work and there is a plethora of tag teams I want to see them against, especially after their performance in the trios tournament. I want to see them versus the Lucha Bros. I want to see them versus the Young Bucks. I want to see them. Uh, they got a big match in New Japan against uh, FTR for the IWGP World Tag Team Championships at uh, Royal Quest in the UK. That's going to be a major matchup. And yeah, Private Party. Oh, come on, man. It's just too many options in, in AEW that... Even saying, hey, they're going to WWE seems laughable. DJ Duke saying, what do you think about Nick Aldis uh, as a possibility? Um, 
I was thinking more maybe Mickey James even as as a possibility once she's done with this you know run that she's on with with Impact Wrestling. She's kind of on like an appearance uh, type basis with them. So I would think maybe that would even be uh, a possibility. Another name that I'll throw out there before I throw out my uh, my my out there uh, free agent possibility. Do we think Carmelo Hayes is coming up to Raw or SmackDown now that he has dropped? Uh, the North American Championship to Solo Sokoa, which was interesting to me because it seemed like Solo got brought up to the main roster with the bloodline, but now they put the North American Championship on him. So who knows? They have now created some options here. And I do kind of like the idea of, though, even Solo's been brought up, the fact that they're interweaving NXT with Raw and SmackDown and storylines and they're bringing up Toxic Attraction. Everybody... Everybody always goes, what brand split? Anytime somebody shows up from another show, I think it's okay to have a home, right? It doesn't mean you can't be a visitor somewhere. And the mixing of NXT and main roster storylines is something I've been begging for for a long ass time. I think, I think the person uh, you kind of just alluded to with bringing up Solo Sokoa, but Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes is ready for the main roster. Yes. I think he would be great on SmackDown, mixing it up with their mid-card scene, whether it's against Ricochet, Gunther, Sheamus. You know, there's a uh, there's a plethora of people I want to see him against over there. Monday Night Raw is like the workhorse uh, station, so he would fit right at home with Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ciampa. Yeah, yeah the list goes on and on when you talk about Monday Night Raw right now. So, yeah. I think he's a he's a perfect option, and I think you keep him with Trick Williams because that that act just works. Even though Trick is not ready for the main roster, you can get him ready with house shows because they're now doing the house shows and everything. So you can just have him work on the house shows. Don't have him work on TV or only only when you need him for like the tag team match or to heat up someone against Carmelo. Uh, let's see. We got, uh, Marco madness, uh, here. First time watcher after hearing you acquired lost in the mid card. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of an announcement here. Uh, they kind of jumped the gun on me there. I wasn't expecting to make an announcement today, but since it's already out there on social media, might as well mention it. Yeah. We're adding a, we ourselves are adding a second brand here on believe in pro wrestling, uh, Matt black and, uh, and, and Jeremy Bennett, who you guys have seen fill in for us occasionally here, uh, approached me with the idea. And I said, yeah, hell yeah. Sounds like a great idea. So we're going to be working on some things behind the scenes here, but if you are a fan of lost in the mid card, welcome over to the channel. Make sure to pound that, uh, that subscribe button while you're here. We thank you, Mr. Madness for, for tuning in and checking us out for the first time. Thank you so much. So we'll have more on lost in the mid card, which will be a, a secondary show right here, a, a support show. Uh, for us here on the YouTube channel, uh, a new Believe in Pro Wrestling property coming later on this fall. So thank you for tuning in again, uh, Madness. And we appreciate everybody who is who is tuning in here. Uh, my out of the blue, cross the fingers, hope that we see back in WWE at some point is, is Fashion Police. Uh, I, I know that Fondango has talked about, you know, his career is coming you know, is, is whittling down. We haven't seen a whole lot out of Tyler Breeze pretty much since he he has been let go. But so much has changed in the landscape of WWE. And those guys brought so much entertainment value. I would love to see a fashion police and maximum male models feud. Like, I just want that so damn bad. I don't know where you would go after it was done, but I feel like Dango and Breeze have the creative minds to make that one hilarious and two give that 
that bitch some legs that could run for several months. I really like I just want it. It makes too much damn sense. And then by the end of it, they could just form a, a massive super faction. But I want to see those guys back because I believe they are genuinely uh, entertaining. And I was very upset when they were uh, let go from the company. So those are all the the other names that not a lot of people are talking about. Let's talk about the big fish. Everybody's talking about outside of Sasha Banks and Naomi, who continue to just tear it up uh, on the New York fashion scene lately. Holy bravo, ladies. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, but. One person we haven't seen at all is Bray Wyatt since he has been let go. But again, Wrestling Observer out with an update today. You know, the last update we got on Bray Wyatt SP3 was that it was a name that was being brought up in WWE creative as somebody who could come back. Now the update today is that negotiations have actually taken place with WWE. Little bit of a stall here or there uh mostly surrounding on you know the dollar figure bray wyatt is a guy who was i think top three paid in the company like outside of like roman and brock it was like bray wyatt was right there as one of the most highly paid people in wwe at the time of his release which reportedly was part of that release right that was that was part of the dealings that and he was difficult to work with aka my creative is shit let's fix this I'll get the hell out of here. That was WWE's response, right? So fans were pissed when he was let go. They've been wanting to see him back in a wrestling ring. Now that there are actual negotiations ongoing, even with this bit of a hangup, which isn't said to be a deal breaker, it feels like this is, this is going to get done sooner rather than later. That is pure speculation. Once again, everybody's favorite game show, pure reckless speculation on my part. But every time we have heard a report about so-and-so and WWE and it not done yet, and they're just mentioning it, they show up back on television. Like, this feels inevitable at this point. To me, it feels inevitable. Yeah, once you, once you get down to talk with WWE, it's, it's all about them finding the right number. And that's where it seems like they're at at this point. And with WWE, they have a, a an endless supply of money. They will, they will, they will meet him somehow, some way. Maybe they have a budget and they don't want to exceed that. And he's like, "I got all these deals in Hollywood. I'm dealing with you. Better, you better meet me somehow." And then he's got to talk to his people, and his people telling him, "Well, you're not gonna get this much anytime sooner." So it's it, it's all that dealing with, and it works out for Bray Wyatt. The longer these negotiations go the more there is another tantalizing option for a Royal Rumble return and oh, winner yeah. in Bray Wyatt. So yeah, yeah that, that the Royal Rumble, right? Like the longer and, and I feel like triple H is going to be holding off some, some of these big surprises for rumble weekend, mostly because I think triple H knows he owes it to the WWE universe for the Royal Rumble this year to just be completely off the chain. Right. Cause this, all that mess that happened back in January was just a total shit show and i think he knows he's got to nail it this year so i feel like this next year's royal rumble is going to be special unless like the rock ends up winning it which we talked about at nauseam on tuesday is is a terrible idea which is why they need to get the belt off of roman reigns right but uh yeah again man this just feels like man could you imagine if royal rumble number 30 clock ticks down lights go out and then whatever, whatever incarnation of Bray Wyatt we're getting 
You get the smoke. Let's just pretend it's like the fiend, right? You get the, the smoke coming up. You get that badass entrance with the flashing lights. Everybody's got the fireflies going out. The roof in San Antonio will blow off of that joint. Of course, if you do that, I don't know how you don't have Bray Wyatt win the damn thing. So let's just say, let's just go ahead and say number 30 is probably going to be Cody Rhodes, right? But regardless, anytime they bring back Bray Wyatt, whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I can't, I literally cannot wait. This is what, this was the release that hit me the hardest because I mean, look, I got, I got little Bray back here. I got rambling rabbit up here. I have been a big Bray Wyatt guy almost back far as back to his Husky Harris days. Like nobody was a fan of Husky Harris, right? But like, we got to see his brilliance really shine when he turned into Bray Wyatt. And I have been on board since day one. And this is a guy that has just got creatively run through the ringer and it would nice it would be nice to see him come back and kind of have a little bit of free reign not a lot of free reign as triple h uh talked about with ariel hawani this guy goes absolutely crazy and changes his mind every 10 minutes so you do got to kind of rein him in a little bit but to actually let this guy have some direction and not have to be a fight it would be great to watch him do that and as far as the money is concerned you bring up an interesting point right I can't help but think with like all these returns, it's amazing how the budget is no longer a problem. The budget is no longer an issue. All this time with all these releases over the last two years, it's always been budget cuts, budget cuts, budget cuts. And every single one of us has been going, what the hell is going on wrong behind WWE? Why are they trying to save so much money? Are they trying to sell the company? Are they trying to do this? Are they positioning themselves for a better move? All of a sudden, that's not an issue anymore, SP3. The budget is getting padded big time. Braun Strowman wasn't cheap. I guarantee you Braun Strowman wasn't cheap because this dude was asking for a million like on the free agent market. And you've brought back how many people now? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've lost count. Bray Wyatt ain't going to be cheap. I do find it very interesting that all of a sudden, Money ain't no thing in WWE as far as the roster is concerned, which makes me believe that when Triple H told Ariel Hawani that Mr. Khan had nothing to do with those releases, I believe him. And I think a lot of people owe Nick Khan an apology because money don't mean a thing anymore in WWE. And it shouldn't because they're making billions of dollars. So I'm very, very happy that this is the direction that we're going now. And if I'm Bray, man, if you're like at a point where you're you're haggling over the last few hundred thousand dollars, whatever the hell it is, I'm just maybe just argue for a little bit uh, more percentage on the merchandise sales and sign that deal away. Bray Wyatt was a top merchandise guy in all of WWE. You know, he's going to have mad merchandise no matter what he's doing. Maybe just sign off for a little bit of extra percentage of that merchandise and get your ass on back here. Uh, ahead of Halloween because I think that would absolutely be perfect. And uh, SP3, one other uh, bit of return news, not for this company, but for the other company, uh, some good news. I I'm considering this some good news. The fact that we've had Matt Hardy talk about it, the fact that uh, Wrestling Observer has also talked about it, that Jeff Hardy is due back in AEW soon and will be back into in-ring action, to me is a sign that he is doing much better than the last time that we saw him. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he's ready to go. I, I cannot wait to see Jeff Hardy back, but 
whether he wrestles again, I'm considering this good news that they're even considering him bringing back the AEW right now. Um, yeah, I just hope that we don't run into a similar issue that we ran into in May and June. I don't want to see Jeff Hardy out there if he's not physically able to, if it's hard for him to walk. I don't want to see Jeff Hardy out there if he has to uh, self-medicate himself. Yeah. I don't want to see Jeff Hardy out there if it's going to lead to another DUI situation and who put him himself and others at risk. So I, I would love to see all the dream matches we weren't able to see before the Hardys versus the Lucha Bros is still out there and very tantalizing at this point. If Swerve and our glory stick together, that's another dream match for them to have. You would think that after the matchup at Double or Nothing, they would want to see with the with the young bucks especially before their both of their bodies are just completely done give them one more shot or one more well at least a ladder match with the uh young bucks one more time ftr is out there for them so there's so many different teams that i want to see them face i think jeff hardy his days as a singles guy i think need to be behind him but as far as the tag team if jeff hardy is healthy and good to go then yes i want to see him back you know, it, it's interesting. You talk about, you brought up the Lucha Brothers, and I just had a, a, a really great idea, at least to me. This is something that I would want to see, mostly because I've, I've talked to Wardlow before, right? And he is gone on the record with me and several other people that he was such a big Jeff Hardy guy and a big Hardy Boys fan, you know, growing up, and he wants to team with Team Extreme. Why not? You know, you got Death Triangles, the trio's champions. Why not Wardlow and the Hardys challenging them at some point down the line? Maybe after winter is coming. That's what M. Pierce says. A winter is coming would be a perfect return day for Jeff Hardy. And a new Jeff Hardy, by the way, according to Matt Hardy on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast. I think I got that title right. Um, but yeah, give me that trio's championship match. I'm not saying they got to win, right? Because you could pin either Jeff or Matt, really, and still protect Wardlow in that situation. Let Wardlow live out his dream of teaming with Team Extreme and fighting, you know, uh, Death Triangle for the trio's titles. Sign me up for that. I know everybody wants to see that Jeff Hardy Sting match again. Eh, I'm okay. Uh, I think I think I would put Jeff Hardy kind of in that Sting category of, you know what, less is more. Let's protect his body. Let's protect him, right, at physically, personally, spiritually, all that. And let's not have this guy go out there and do insane, crazy shit. Like his first night back, I don't need to see him jumping off of uh, a, a, a scaffolding onto a concrete floor. I don't need to see it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I am here for Sting and Darby versus the Hardys. Give there me that. Sure. Yes. Give me that all day. Give me that all day, every day. Uh, heading back to Bray Wyatt here real quick. Uh, Queen saying Bray uh, was the release that made me numb to the releases because if they can release him, they can release anybody. And that was the exact line that we heard from uh, an anonymous source inside of WWE, a talent with WWE, told that to Fightful, right? Fightful Select, Sean Rossap. And then guess what? In the next round of releases, that talent was let go, according to uh, Sean Rossap, or at least one of the next uh, rounds of releases. Benjamin saying, Bray Wyatt got me back into wrestling after 12 years away, not watching uh, with his Fiend character. And uh, you have heard a lot of people say very similar. I'll say, because I've been watching wrestling since the since the 90s, but and, and I've been in and out as far as like really, really strongly invested in it. Uh, there were a lot of characters in the mid two teens, right, that really 
kind of gave me that passion and that love for it. It made me want to dive into covering this world and and getting into this as as part of my career. And Bray Wyatt absolutely uh, was one of them. This is an interesting story I didn't put in the rundown, SB3, but since we were asked about it, let's do a free-for-all Friday here for a moment. Uh, WOLL, according to MCAS, said that a uh, story broke today that NBC Universal and Warner Brothers Discovery could be merging, but it can't happen until spring of 2024. Why that is significant for wrestling nerds out there, that means WWE and AEW would be under the same media umbrella. First off, this is batshit insane because NBC, Warner Brothers, Discovery, like all this used to be like four different companies. And now this could be one massive media umbrella with both WWE and AEW under the same media umbrella. That's interesting. That's own the wrestling landscape. NBC, with the Universal. Of SmackDown. With the exception of SmackDown, oh, yes. yes, 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 own so it all. Yes, they would pretty much own it all under their umbrella. That would be very interesting if uh, the story is true, if they could be merging, and especially the timing of it, because they're going to be starting negotiations, both companies, at the end of 2023. Next fall is so crucial, so important, and that's why right now is so important, especially for an AEW who's done over a million viewers for four straight weeks. They did their highest viewership this past week. They they killed it with that number like all the segments did over a million i believe that's for the first time uh for for the show so yeah there's a lot of stuff that is very important right now for both shows ratings which are both they're both doing well i think the only probably exception right now is aew rampage but across the board uh both companies are killing it in the ratings because it's going to be so important for next fall because they're going to look at this these ratings and the beginning of 2023 to decide how much they're going to give them for uh the new contract in 2024 so yeah that that is that is interesting timing to say the least yeah uh for sure and you know what it it, it's such a good thing uh for aew by the way like coming off of everything that happened at all out weekend right for for the support to still be there like to, to for the for the aw fans to show up and still support the company and still watch the product even though they know cm punk isn't going to be there they know the young bucks aren't going to be there they know kenny omega isn't going to be there and there's all this turmoil going on uh backstage for the fans to come out and still show up and put up huge numbers what was it 1.3 uh or 1.1 1.2 somewhere in that ballpark this past wednesday on dynamite that was absolutely huge and yeah i think you know, the Vince retirement has really revitalized so much of the wrestling world that it, it's all getting watched right now. Like you said, with the exception of Rampage, which is still hovering around 400, you know, half million viewers right now. But NXT just posted like 750,000. When was the last time they got up to that number? Monday Night Raw going up against Monday Night Football and the Emmys and like two other things still put up 1.7 million like that. That's a, a strong, that was a strong raw during non-football season. And then they still put up that number going up against the NFL and the Emmys this, uh, this week on Monday. So, I mean, everybody is doing well right now as far as the ratings are concerned. Is it what it was back in 98? Hell no. But there were like 40 channels back in 98. No streaming, no nothing. It was 
Here's what's on TV. This is what you got to watch. No such thing as a DVR. No such thing as YouTube. So please, anybody who starts talking about, well, the ratings aren't what they were back in the day. No shit. It's because there's 19 million movies, 87 million TV shows, 45 different streaming services, and everything's on YouTube. And there's DVRs. Of course, there's not going to be 12 million, 10 million, whatever it is, people watching Monday Night Raw at 8 o'clock. Because they have options. They have lives. They have jobs. They have families. Jesus, please take that into account. Yes, across the board. Yes, NXT. That's why I said the only exception is really Rampage at this point. Because I used to say the only exceptions are Rampage and NXT. But (laughs) NXT has really delivered ever since the uh, NXT heat wave. They've drawn, uh, you know, record numbers for this year and uh this past week they did their highest viewership since october 26 2021 so all nearly over a year and you know mixing it up with you know solo sokoa winning the north american championship possibly bringing it over to smackdown you'll have viewers on the highest rating wrestling show of uh smackdown looking at the north american championship and the champion and being like oh i want to see what he's doing on tuesday that's only gonna either keep the number consistent or raise it a little yeah and uh you know what we saw this past tuesday uh, might uh, raise the ratings up a little bit uh, as well, which we will get into coming up here in just a few moments. But let's dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Boy, Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, definitely uh, made some headlines this week and sent some people to the Twitter machine with their angry tweets and this, that, and the other thing because everybody simultaneously loves and hates a rating system uh, in this country. But the PWI Top 500 was released this week. The Top 10 SP3. Roman Reigns at number one. Okada at two. CM Punk three. Hangman, I ain't done shit in this industry. Adam Page at number four. Bobby Lashley, five. Cody Rhodes, six. Brian Danielson, number seven. Um... I, I don't know this gentleman from from AAA. I do apologize. Uh, Vikingo uh, is uh, number eight. Vikingo, yes. Thank you. Uh, number nine is Big E, and Jonathan Gresham comes in at number ten. Number one here on the five count SP three. The five big questions I got for us both today. Any issue with the top ten? The way that it dropped out. Everybody seems to have an opinion on this. Everybody seems to get heated, even though it's just one publication's opinion. But do you have an issue with the top ten? Uh, I never really have an issue with PWI's uh, choice for number one. I feel like number one, based on their criteria, always fits the bill. And due to a lot of different scenarios and different situations, I totally understand Roman Reigns being number one. Uh, he was the universal champion for the entire, uh, you know, duration of the criteria. Uh, he was undefeated during that time, basically in, in one-on-one matches as well as, uh, trios matches. So he did his thing in, in that regard, had a couple of great matches along the way as well. So I will give Roman Reigns all the credit in the world based on the criteria of PWI. No issue with him uh, being number one. It is absolutely blasphemous (laughs) 
blasphemous that John Moxley is not in this top ten. This is this is ridiculous. This is a this is a criteria of July first, two thousand twenty one, to June thirtieth, two thousand twenty two. Rick, do you know how many times John Moxley was defeated in that time? Zero. Yeah, at least in singles competition, at least cleanly. He was never pinned. I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. He only lost once, and that was to Lance Archer in a Texas death match where he got choke slammed into a barbed wire board and couldn't answer the count of 10. That's it. In New <laughs> Japan, in AEW, GCW world champion that entire that entire time, basically, won the title last September. He's held the title to this September. Uh, you know, he won the interim world championship at the end of the duration, just before the duration ended on June 30th. He's been he's been the best wrestler in the world of 2022. It's between him and Will Ospreay. I don't care whatever you can make your arguments for whoever you want. Roman Reigns hasn't even been around enough to be in this discussion for 2022. But the fact that John Moxley is not in the top 10. Blasphemous. I think the fact that John Moxley is not in the top two is blasphemous, to be completely honest with you. Like, I'm looking at this list, and I understand, right? Like, they there's a lot of criteria that goes into this list, and again, it it, it it's one publication's opinion. But man, like you said, we're talking about right from from July 2021 to June to the end of June of this year. I mean, I. <sighs> How I love Big E, right? I do. I love Big E. I'm a huge Big E guy. I'm happy he won the WWE Championship. Through no fault of his own, his run was a massive disappointment, and he will even tell you that. And then he had a catastrophic injury in, in, in January. He has not wrestled all year long. And he's number nine ahead of John Moxley. Again, I love Big E. That's no shade against him. That don't make sense to me. Like, the only... The only argument against John Moxley would be that he missed two months at the end of 2021 to get his life together. But you got the same argument with Big E. He hasn't he, he hasn't been around since March. He got injured in March and he hasn't been around since. So he missed three Roman months. Reigns. Roman Reigns took two months off after WrestleMania. And he was the world champion of both of them. I'm not gonna sit here and see him punk. Number three, he missed the last two months of the criteria. Like the list goes on and on. This is like it's it's this is making your this sometimes makes the uh, you know these lists and rankings. This is why people have these dis- discussions. I think they do it on purpose at <laughs> this at this point. They, of they, they either... they're getting so many clicks and so many like mentions, and people are looking up who the hell they are and all this stuff. Exactly. They they pissed off the WWE fans last year by making John Moxley number one. I mean, no, made, they made Kenny Omega number one last year. That pissed off all the WWE fans. Like, how do you how do you not have Roman? Roman Reigns has been the champion this almost this entire time. Uh, so they were all upset about that. And this year, he they wanted to piss off the AEW. John Moxley was number one, right? Like at one point, what or was that back in twenty? 20- I, I want to say twenty twenty. Okay, so it so the last three number ones have been Moxley, Omega, and now Roman Reigns. Yes. Okay. I feel like Roman Reigns got it this year based off of like 
you know, like a legacy award, like when they award that, like at the Oscars, right? Like somebody like Samuel L. Jackson's never won an Oscar. So they like after 40 years, they finally gave him one, you know, like one of those things. Uh, I feel like I, I still I feel like John Moxley should be number one. Like, I really do. I for the work that he's put in this past year, I feel like he should be number one. But it was almost like, well, we didn't give it to Roman the last couple of years. We didn't give it to Roman last year. And now he's still champion this year of the top wrestling company in the world. I feel like that was the deciding factor that gave Roman Reigns number one. I'm not going to argue with that. And his work has been solid, but not, but Mox not being number two is insane to me. Granted, I know Okada is great. Okada had a great year. I, I literally, I don't have an issue. That's why I said, I don't have an issue with Roman Reigns being number one. I don't have an issue with Okada being being number two like the, the the top 10 the guys they have in there the only person i really would have an issue with is big e i couldn't i can't really justify putting in big e over john moxley i think that's kind of ridiculous honestly that that's that was their decision to make but i, I john moxley at the end of the year uh, you know, the Wrestling Observer newsletter, Wrestler of the Year, he's going to be in the discussion. If he's not the winner, he's going to be the runner up. He's going to be I, I don't know. There's, I don't I don't think there's anything he can do that will distract from the year from the first nine months he's had so far. He's definitely going to be in my top two at the end of the year. And Roman Reigns honestly will not be because Roman Reigns, he's had some great matches. His match with Riddle on SmackDown was great. His uh, match with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam was great. Drew McIntyre at Clash at the Castle was great. Him and Seth Rollins was really good. That's it. That's all. That's all, folks. Oh, you just described like half of his matches this year. So, I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> half his televised matches anyway this year. I think I, th I think that was, I, I think <laughs> the only ones I missed was Goldberg because I my mama told me if you got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Um... <laughs> And 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 the six man, the six man with the Usos versus uh, RK Bro and uh, McIntyre. Yeah, I'm not again. I'm not throwing shade at Roman Reigns either. I think he's earned the schedule that he's got, and he's obviously the biggest star in WWE, and all that. All that is great. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I can't argue with him being at number one. I could argue, but I'm not going to. Yeah, the biggie ones. It makes me scratch my head, and I know a lot of other people. I know Queen was saying this as uh, as well earlier in the chat. Uh, you know, she said, "I'm not mad about it. I don't really care that much. I'm just confused about how uh, Seth and Mox aren't in the top ten, uh, but especially Mox. Seth Rollins is another name that is brought up. I think his work has been in has been incredible, but he's lost like everything and i think that's exactly right. and that that's the thing people people get upset and they mention people like that because they don't know the right criteria if you read the criteria then you're like oh okay that's why seth rollins is not here win loss record yeah. <laughs> uh, accomplishments <laughs> he hasn't really accomplished anything he's done great work for what evil any any few they've thrown at him He's he's made it entertaining. He's brought quality out of it. If this was most outstanding wrestler, that's why I said I, I think people, you know, they always say, oh, we make it too big of a deal of the Dave Meltzer Awards. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards, I think, are the most honest of the year-end awards because they, they, they do deal with a little bit of kayfabe. But with PWI, it's a lot of kayfabe involved. So you have to accomplish things. You have to win matches. You have to be considered like one of the top stars of your company, which Seth Rollins is. But everything else I said before that, that's where he doesn't check. Yeah, and, th and that totally makes sense because, like, again, the work has been great, 
Uh, M Caspe, I don't know if this is accurate or not. He's like, he's only won 11 of his last 50 matches. Like he just, he don't, he don't win. And I'm assuming that means like non-televised matches, but maybe it doesn't because he hasn't been winning for a while yet. He is still massively over. And the same goes for riddle too, by the way, he ain't been winning a whole lot, which is why, you know, either one of them really desperately needed that win at clash at the castle. I, hell, I think before clash at the castle, like Rollins last win might've come against Roman reigns at the damn Royal rumble. Like, he lost to Cody Rhodes for like three straight months. And then, yeah, man, it's just, he, he, and he lost most of his matches against edge the year before that. So yeah, he, 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 he just don't win. He should win. And I think he will start winning in droves. And I think he'll, he might be the United States champion by this time next week. That's a very interesting matchup on Monday, especially against Bobby Lashley, who came in at number five on this list. I do think the, the biggest, and I, I believe I saw this uh, as accurate that that Cash Wheeler didn't even make the top 500. That's a, that's a bit of a travesty there. They they said it was an error and that uh, he was meant to get like a 252 okay. or, something like, or 152. So he challenged Roderick Strong, who was 152 <laughs> to a match for the spot. Forbidden door, let's go. So, um. We know next week that on Dynamite, or yeah, Arthur Ashe, 21st of September, you're going to be there in, in New York. We will crown a new AEW world champion. It will either be John Moxley or it will be Brian Danielson. Blackpool Combat Club on Blackpool Combat Club. Great semifinals matches this past week. Looking forward to that championship match. We've talked about that championship match because we had a feeling that was going to, to be it. We've talked about that ad nauseum already. Uh, enough like with predicting or whatever it's going to be fun to watch next week let's all enjoy that but there is some news coming out of the semifinals at least a lot of people seem to think there's some news coming out of the semifinals and that was after sammy guevara lost his match to john moxley on wednesday he goes to social media and posts like this Bon voyage, farewell, Alvita Zane, goodbye post, like with these black and white photos of all of his accomplishments in AEW and even like posted that first time he showed up with the panda head on his head. I totally forgot about that panda head uh, before he ended up, uh, uh, um, what was Jericho's group before uh, Jericho Appreciation Society? I lost uh, the inner uh, circle. Thank you. Before he ended up in the inner circle. Uh, totally forgot about that panda head. That was that was a weird time in AEW, right? Like when all these dudes just get in and you're just now starting to like learn who they are and what the hell is going on. Sammy's one of these guys who's been there for a long, long time, but it definitely made you start asking some questions about Sammy Guevara and what his initial future could be uh, after that. So I'll ask you a question, SP3, because everybody loves uh, loves to speculate. And hell, let's just make this a reckless speculation type show. I think Sammy might be done in AEW. If he signed no. his contract three years ago, it could be up soon here. No. So what do you no. think? What do you think the purpose of the post would be then? It, it's hard. Uh, to these things. Man, it is, people, it's not, not people, 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 people need to stop talking because you're getting worked. Well, we, well, you, you know, this is not even on my radar. Like when you were describing it, I was like, "Oh, it's Sammy, Sammy Guevara on social media. It's a work." It's a work. I smell a work. Why are we even talking about this? Because people were talking about it, and we like to cover what the what what 
you know what what the people be talking about sp3 we don't have to go into it in depthly but what you're well, saying is well, so you're since not people what the internet is, is sniffing here right since people who i probably said this on social media are here right now i'm gonna let y'all know i'm gonna get close to the microphone you've been worked All right, you're not buying that one. I'm not buying it either. I think he'll be back. Uh, I mean, come on. He, he's probably signed a contract. He'll be back. I, I don't have my, I'm not buying into that one at all. Here's something that is is interesting. This is a report that came out from, from Bodyslam.net uh, that some people believe that Stokely Hathaway, who is now in charge of the firm, right? This is what he has been working on. For the last several months, collecting this talent, this, this this pool of superstars, he came out on Wednesday, laid out all their goals and aspirations, and they're on MJF's retainer, and that's why they they helped him win the you know Casino Battle Royale or the the ladder match, excuse me, and and everything was great and all that stuff. Gave a full on explanation to the group and what they're there to do and each each person's goals all the way down. Everybody's got title aspirations which also highlights just how many damn championships are in AEW right now, but still uh, highlighted everything. But then there's this report that comes out that there are some in AEW who have heat with Stokely Hathaway because they feel like he spends more time putting himself over in promos than his actual clients. SB3, are, are, are you buying that at all? Um... I'm not going to answer if I'm buying it or not. What I would say is that the only way this does make sense is if this rumor came from Jade Cargill. This is not me reporting that the rumor came from Jade Cargill, but I'm saying that the only way this rumor makes any sense and holds any, you know, uh, credibility it would have to be from Jade Cargill, and that would make sense of Stokely Hathaway seemingly saying that he is now going to be dealing directly with the firm members and not with the baddies and Jade Cargill and not watching Living Single with uh, House of Black, which is one of the greatest lines ever said on professional wrestling television. Uh, I think Stokely Hathaway does do a good job of getting himself over, but that's what most managers have done throughout history. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bobby Brain Heenan is considered one of the greatest managers of all time. And yes, he did highlight a bunch of his characters. But you know who else got over from Bobby the Brain Heenan's act? Bobby the Brain Heenan. Jim Cornette. Same thing. He did a great job of putting over the Midnight Express. He did great with Yokozuna and Vader and Bulldog and Owen and WWF. But he also put over himself. That helps. People want to see you. They want to see the people you're connected let, with. Let me, Was me, he really needed in the Jade Cargo and the Baddies Act? No. Honestly, Jade, when she kicked start, Smart Mark Sterling to the curb, should have been it because she could talk yeah. on her own. And yeah. she can lead that team without Stokely Hathaway. She didn't need Stokely Hathaway. But Stokely Hathaway, I think him getting himself over helps his clients because people want to see him. So anyone he's connected with, they'll want to see them too. Let me give you another example. Who finally helped get Roman Reigns over? Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. When he hooked up with Paul Heyman, that was the start of the bloodline. And that was the start of people 
actually chanting Roman Reigns and cheering Roman Reigns, even though he's a heel, he gets John Cena-esque reactions now. That started when he looked over on the couch, signing a contract for a world championship match, and looked at Paul Heyman. People saw Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and lost their damn minds, which is why the fact that Stokely getting any kind of heat off of this doesn't make any sense to me. Because here's the other thing. Until this week, Stokely's been the story. He's been it. This is all we have to go off of this. Stokely Hathaway is recruiting talent. That's the story. He's the main character. Now he's not. Now he's not. Now he's got this, this, this list of talent in front of him, and he's going to help put them over and get them up into their, accomplish their goals and aspirations. He's been the central figure. How can you say he's been getting other people over with his promos when it's just been him until very, very recently? So, yeah, uh, I think I got it. I have to agree with you. If this came from anywhere, it probably came from somebody within Jade Cargill and the baddies in that system because there was no explanation for Stokely going away from that. He just quietly went away and started doing his own thing with the business cards. No report here. Again, this is kind of like a reckless speculation episode. That's the only reason why I, I would buy this. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, Body Slam uh, has, has, a, has a bad report here. I mean, let us they're the ones who broke that Brian Danielson was signing, right? There's there's a lot of credibility there. We both know Cass uh, well enough that there, there's probably some credibility to this story. I, I just don't buy the fact that he's got heat with with people. And if they he's, if they if there's heat there, right? Like you ain't thinking right. You don't, you don't, you don't get how this works. You don't get how this works. A lot of people lost their damn minds. SP three this uh, week, they were celebrating the whole one year of NXT 2.0. Looking back on, on all the great moments that happened over the last year, all the great reviews, positive reviews for NXT 2.0. So much so that at the end of NXT 2.0, they loaded up that logo at the end of that loading up, it switched right back to that NXT black and gold logo. And it was like, hey, that was great. That was fun. Cool experiment. Just kidding, you guys. We're back to the black and gold, baby. Here we go. NXT's back and alive. I think there's a lot of people who would say that NXT 2.0 was an unmitigated disaster, uh, especially from a, an overall show quality standpoint, from an overall rating standpoint. Anything positive you can take away from uh, the 2.0 era here, SP3? Because we're all about looking at the positive side of things. Uh, 2.0, the biggest positive is it got NXT back to what it was initially set out to do. When it, it was initially uh, basically taken over by Triple H in 2012, it was supposed to be a developmental, a developmental to develop young talent, whether that be young talent from the independent scene or young talent like former athletes, models, whatnot. They wanted to basically give them a run in NXT exposure in front of an, a live audience and an audience on television to uh, potentially go to the main roster. But 
by the time they get to the WWE Network, and then you know, as they grow into stadia, into uh, big arenas, like after NXT Takeover Brooklyn in 2015, then NXT stopped really becoming a developmental, and it was more about becoming the super indie. It was basically putting on rivalries that were great in Ring of Honor or PWG and putting them on this big stage, whether it's Gargano versus Ciampa or Gargano versus Cole, Cole versus O'Reilly, uh, Owens versus Zayn. That's what it was all about. And then they're, you know... Uh, illustrious history with their women's division it became the third brand but really the third brand was trying to cater to the hardcore wrestling fans and trying to be this uh basically pwg on steroids in front of the bright lights in front of the big arenas and then when they went against uh you know aew that's when it ran into an issue because then you had someone else trying to cater to those hardcore wrestling fans and you know, just doing a takeover every couple of months in front of a big arena, but doing, you know, uh, your TV show in a warehouse or a school in front of like a hundred or so fans compared to the show that's going out every week in front of thousands of fans. And they're still doing the same type of wrestling that you're doing with different stars that is just brand new or haven't been seen on the U.S. scene they became the better option and that made their whole formula of being this third brand slash super indie it it totally destroyed it in front of their eyes and people got sick of seeing them in some dark freaking warehouse school in uh full sale or the cwc so 2.0 the biggest positive is it got nxt back where even going back to black and gold i think the best option for them is mixing in the people that they want to develop in with the indie talent that can make that can actually get them to develop and yeah. the, you know over the last couple of weeks their storytelling has been more focused their wrestling has been good so i'm hopeful for nxc going to black and gold and getting rid of the 2.0 because that annoyed me that was yeah it 100 annoyed me uh, as well and i and i i agree with you i think the biggest positive is it worked like ultimately the goal was to create the next crop of future superstars. And I think at the end of the day, at the end of the NXT 2.0 era, I think it's pretty clear. You can pick off the top who the next big stars are, are going to be Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, uh, Cora Jade, Roxanne uh, Perez, you know, like you, you see the cream rising to the to top, especially once again in, in the women's division. I think Tiffany Stratton has made great strides. I, I'm a big fan of, of Wendy Chu. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talent there. And that was the whole point was to get it back to being a developmental system to get the crop of talent younger, because you do have a lot of, of older superstars in WWE. I mean, you look at the main roster, like who is your outside of theory and Dominic, like who are your young guns on, on, on the main roster? You really don't, don't have a lot. So it's great to, to replenish and allow talent to come in and and groom and blossom and let's see who rises to the top so much of nxt 2.0 was we're just going to throw shit shit against the wall and see what sticks well what stuck and not only stuck but somehow crawled up to the top of the wall were people like carmelo hayes and i think you know he's going to be on the main roster sooner rather than later so i think that's the biggest takeaway is at the end of the day they sacrificed the product as a whole to build their superstars of the future 
and it worked. I think that's 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 the biggest takeaway. Is it one hundred percent worked? And they got plenty plenty of prospects underneath that are still need you know time to grow, but can be kind of the the pillars and the building block for this new generation or new era, I guess, of NXT. Whether that's a Tony D'Angelo, Julius Creed of the Creed Brothers, I think that he has a lot of potential yeah. as a single star. Uh, but I, we got Mark Cyrus who says uh, NXT 2.0 was uh, great because it was back to basics with being the developmental brand but it was also uh it also was able to breed new homegrown stars based on their focus on college athletes and not indie wrestlers literally though the only people that we named from that list of stars that could be considered college athletes and not indie wrestlers is breaker stratton (laughs) creed and (laughs) d'angelo that's it like it's still it's still indie talent like carmelo i've been seeing carmelo hayes for literally half a decade before he even showed up on WWE because he he basically got started on the New York and uh, East Coast, Northeast independent scene, being from Boston. Uh, Cora Jade, I saw on a Warrior Wrestling event in Chicago before she ever stepped foot in NXT. Uh, you know, uh, Roxanne Perez, former ROH Women's uh, Champion. So don't get it twisted. It ain't it ain't them going. Oh yes, our new NIL and getting college athletes. Yeah. It's worked. Eureka! No, it did not work. It, yeah. You still have a majority of the people that you are, are the next future stars were indie wrestlers. Nikita Lyons, another one who was out on the indie scene, who showed up at the tryout in Las Vegas and 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 was signed. So yes, absolutely. Um, but again, I think it is a great place. Uh, you know, Stephen Chamberlain saying uh, Grayson Waller is another one out there. I keep seeing people throwing out names as well. I love Grayson Waller. I think the guy is. I know he annoys people, but guess what? He's a heel. He's supposed to annoy the shit out of you. Uh, so I, I I think the guy's absolutely great. So yeah, there's a lot of really really good up and coming talent. Uh, and, and that's, that's the big takeaway is that you're it at the end of the day, it, it did work. Let's talk about two former just for a minute here, SV three, cause it's hard to ignore this story. Let's talk about two former NXT talents, uh, who have been going at each other, uh, verbally through interviews and social media and the like, and this story, man. This story has everything from accusations of trying to record people while they're in the bathroom uh, to cocaine use to, I mean, Jesus, man. Um, what the hell do you make of this EC3 Velveteen Dream thing? Dream's name has been coming up a lot in the news lately because there was that report that WWE was interested in bringing Velveteen Dream back. Fightful Select has since uh, gone uh, bullshit on that one. Uh, with everything that's been going on with 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 Dream, just a waste of talent there because that was a guy who seemed like a slam dunk top star, uh, but he he he, yeah. What what do we make of this? This this is insane, right? This is absolutely batshit insane. When the least insane thing about this story is wrestlers doing cocaine. Like, <laughs> I tell you how fucked up this story is. Man, this story is hilarious because they coming off. Like straight two females on social media trading accusations. You got EC3 on redacted saying, Oh, he videotaped my penis. He was trying to videotape my friend's genitals. And uh then uh, you got Velveteen Dream in a skull cap uh in his car right after getting released from jail. 
He's not trying to explain uh, why he got arrested. He's not trying to explain the whole situation where he punched a gym employee right in the face over a misunderstanding. He's not trying to explain any of that. He's trying to explain the fact that that EC3, or as he said, Mike, hey, Mike, uh, he, like he said, Mike uh, accused him of videotaping other people's genitals. He was like, he was like, I had our friend, ex WWE wrestler. I'm not gonna na- mention them, and we have I another respect for them. An- another friend uh, who's on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I will say that. That's all I will say. Uh, but but yeah, he checked my phone and he scrolled up and down and the recently deleted and deleted. Man, you act like you can't do that real quick. Can't do like this. Can't do like this just before. That's before you hand them the phone. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out I of loved, here. I loved every single, like, and, and Queen said the same thing, right? Like, in the chat. All, all you could do is laugh while watching that dream video, right? Like, when... Mike, Mike, cocaine is a hell of a drug. What were you doing? What was on that countertop? What, what kind of powder was on that table, Mike? Okay. Like, every time he said Mike, he would say, okay. And, okay. like, his eyes would get all big and shit. Like, okay, Mike. Okay. Oh, what what type of powder was on that? We take pictures all the time, Mike. Oh man. By the way, don't be surprised if you know if anybody is surprised by the use of cocaine in the world of professional wrestling, don't be. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, again, that's the least surprising thing about all of this. I'm not even going like pick sides. Like this is just I look at this as a form of entertainment because that shit was straight up hilarious on, on, on both sides of it. Um, and yeah, if dream did do that, which I kind of believe he did based off of past history with this guy, that's a strange cat, man. That's just a strange, that's a strange cat. Say the least to say the least. All right, SP3, one for the road. Any bold predictions ahead of SmackDown? I meant to put Rampage in there as well. Any bold predictions as far as SmackDown or Rampage tonight? Uh, for SmackDown, we're going to see one of the surprises, I think. I think they're just going to throw one out there because we don't expect it and because SmackDown was so boring last week for me. So they're going to throw us and give us a bone. We're going to see a surprise return tonight on SmackDown. You know what? I'm I'm only about like 17% like positive like or, or or hopeful that this might happen tonight. But PW Insider is reporting that damage control will be there. I'm gonna call my shot. I think Sasha and Naomi show up tonight. I think I think I think they show up on SmackDown tonight. They were doing all their New York stuff. That's why they couldn't show up on Raw. I don't know what city they're in right now. I don't know if they're still doing New York Fashion Week or what. I don't know if that's over with. I know they were at some Star Wars uh, thing the other night looking great on the red carpet. Like, they, they have been everywhere they've been going. But I feel like the way that that women's tag team title match ended on Monday, it did not make any sense unless you were bringing Sasha and Naomi back. So the fact that damage control is going to be in Anaheim tonight on SmackDown, I really don't think it's going to be for an angle with Raquel and Aaliyah. I think it is going to be with an angle with Sasha Banks and Naomi. I am calling my shot. I'm only 17% sure on this one, but I'm going to swing for the damn fences. I think they show up tonight. I think that's why they weren't there on Monday. That's why that match didn't main event. They're going to be in on Friday because that's the earliest they could get there. 
and SmackDown is in Anaheim. So it, it actually uh, kind of works out. Yeah. And Bailey was all o- Bailey was all over media out in California, you know, this week um, doing media. You knew she was going to get asked about Sasha and Naomi and she got asked about Sasha and Naomi. Queen saying, I hope Carmelo shows up to confront Solo. I could see that possibly happening as well. I could see Legato showing up tonight. Maybe we get the return of LA Knight tonight. Please give me LA Knight back, right? Like, I think Maximum Male Models will be fine without him, right? They got Maxine Dupree there. She's doing great in her role. Do they need such a waste yeah, of LA they're, Knight? They're, they're extra dead on arrival if they're counting on Maxine Dupree to be the mouthpiece for this group. She don't need to be the mouthpiece. All right. We appreciate everybody who joined us here on a special Friday edition. I think we may have to do a special Friday edition next week, too, with SP3 uh, going to the show on Arthur Ashe. So, you know, uh, and I got some stuff next Thursday. So why don't we go ahead and book it, SP3? Let's do next Friday, 2.15 again. We'll talk about your experience uh, in your hometown in New York. Talk about a new AEW World Champion. We could have a new United States Champion this time next week. I'm calling my shot. I think Sasha Banks and Naomi will be there tonight. I'll probably wrong, but who knows? We'll see. It's always fun. I love these live streams. I appreciate everybody who, who joined in today for this whole uh, hour and 12 uh, minute episode of this 45 minute podcast and the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy SmackDown, Rampage, all that. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.